This is the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast, Episode 7. Uh, we have a special guest tonight, somebody that I've been following on Twitter for a little bit over two years. I'm surprised he's lasted this long following my outlandish views, but I appreciate it because, I mean, through all that, we've been able to find some commonality and find out that a lot of our thinking is along the same line, especially when it comes to African-American business. Um, and what's really great about Jerome is he just recently started a marketing company. He's taken his talents to South Beach, and he wants to share his marketing expertise. He works for huge companies, and now he's trying to help our help our community and help them scale their African-American businesses to the point where they can compete on a larger level. Um, he recently just art- wrote an article. It's called The Five Ways to Gentrify Your Business, and I wanted to kind of dive into that article and um, just kind of share more about what his thoughts are as they can improve their community. So, I mean, Jerome, how's it going, man? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Appreciate you having me on your podcast, man. Forums like this are so necessary for our community. I agree. I think that, um, I mean, it's so crazy. You're reading the book. I'm reading the book. And he was talking about how um, in the past they had print marketing, they had radio marketing, they had television marketing, and now the podcast is the radio. And so it's like it allows right. us to kind of champion our own, the voice and the message that we want to get out to the community. And so it's like no holds barred. Anything you want to say is free reign, man. Right, and and with that, that means that there's a lot more uh, there's a lot more people talking. Yep. So there's a lot more things that you have to sift through, not only as a personal brand but as a business to make sure that the people that you want to hear you have access to you. Absolutely. So let's talk about that article. Um, I mean, what led you to write write what you wrote? Yeah, like like you said, I mean, I I still I still currently work for a pretty big um, media conglomerate. And I've been in marketing since college. That was what I got my degree in. I've been doing it since the, the first day that I got out of college. And as I was driving, I live in Inglewood, so I should give context. And I was driving in, in the city, and they're building the forum, or they're building up the, the stadium for the Chargers and the Rams. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that I was like, yo, it looks really nice around here. Like two months ago before they announced it, it was just as hood as it's ever been. And if you drive around it now, like there's hella trees, the streets are clean. And then I was driving past um, the shopping center and I noticed that they had a Gap and an Old Navy. And I was like, yo, who was shopping at Gap and Old Navy in Inglewood? Like there's never been a Gap and Old Navy over there. And so I noticed that a lot of the businesses were closing and a lot of these businesses that were unfamiliar with the hood were popping up. And so in my head, I'm like, yo, this is gentrification 101. But as I thought about it and I started thinking about some of the small businesses that were in the area, I was thinking it didn't have to necessarily be a bad thing if you're prepared for it. It's actually an economic opportunity because it's bringing in new people, it's bringing in fresh faces, which to me means new customers. So I wrote this article because I wanted all of the small black businesses in the hood to know that you don't have to be scared of the changes, that if you look at the changes and adapt to them, then it's actually a great time for you to grow and expand your business. So basically what you're saying is that gentrification actually can allow you to kind of level up. Absolutely. And that, that's absolutely, that's how it has to be looked at. I saw this quote on Twitter one time that said, in order for somebody to pick up the ball, somebody had to have dropped it. And to me, when businesses and the communities don't adapt to what they see happening, you're dropping the ball. So these businesses, like, that's, that's new money coming in, you know, and I think, in order for us to capitalize on it, we just have to shift our mindset to to owning what's around us. And then as new people come in, look at them as consumers. Don't look at them or allow them to take, but provide for them. Mm-hmm. And then I think we can capitalize off. So how do you capitalize on that? What, what do you do going forward? 
So we, in the article, I gave out five tips, and we can we can go through them very quickly, uh, one by one. But the first thing is renovating your brand. So if you look at a lot of the businesses around there, a lot of them are legacy businesses. They're probably, and, and this is completely based off my assumption and just driving around my community, a lot of them have been there for a while. They're normally mom and pop shops that have had success because they have a local clientele. And so that clientele has been supporting them through the years. You know what? But, I don't want to interject, but I work with an African-American owned business and that's exactly the case. They yeah. are right across the street from the project. And so what they deal with is a lot of people who can't drive. They don't have a vehicle, so they have to go there. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. And you can notice it too, which is, which is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. When you have, when you have your local clientele or your, your committed audience, you, you absolutely want to service those who are loyal to you. But the problem is a lot of times the brands focus only on them and retaining those customers and not acquiring new customers. So their brand looks the same that their brand has ever looked because they haven't taken the time to adapt to figure out how they can attract new people. And so the first step for, for any of these businesses that are in communities that they may fear are being gentrified is to update your brand, appear more modern. As these other companies are coming in, they're putting massive amounts of spins into making sure that they look to par. And local businesses can absolutely do the same. I think there's a hesitancy in the black community to focus on marketing sometimes, um, as if marketing is not an investment. They just look at it as money spent. And this is just coming from some conversations I have. But it's, it really is an investment into attracting new customers, which is the lifeblood of, of any business. So do you think that it's possible to attract new customers and retain the current customers? Because I think that's what kind of scares them is they think that if they change and that's one one of the theories that I'm learning or what I was thinking about is I think that some businesses, they don't change because they don't want to either scare off the other uh, other customers or they don't want to um, make themselves a target. Right. I and, and I get that concern because I think that a lot of times when brands hear change or or hear that they need to adapt, they think that they're going to lose their authenticity or what makes them unique. And you don't have to do that. You just have to amplify it and put that message or that brand story on the new platforms. So if, you know, there's an analogy I gave a business one time, and I said, you need to figure out what's your Big Mac. Hmm. And throughout the years, McDonald's has figured out how to be everywhere at all times. But at the end of the day, the Big Mac is the Big Mac, right? So every business needs to figure out what's your Big Mac. What is the one thing that's unchanging about your business that you can put on every platform and promote it? And so whether that's, you know, a specific product that you have or it's a specific way that you do things, you can absolutely promote that story on the different platforms, but you just need to identify it. So essentially what you're saying is as long as you keep your your actual staple okay, then you can kind of brand around that. And the reason why I bring this up is because there's this new business in Watts. It's called Local. I'm not sure yep. if you've seen it, but it's completely ultra modern. 100%. Pricing, and menu design, everything about it. But it seems like they are still getting a good amount of business in the inner city. Right. So yeah, my thinking is that like African-American people like nice things. So it's okay to update and create a, a brand new fresh product to these people. And you're not going to scare them off. And you'll be able to compete with the new businesses that are coming. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost, you know, and at first I, I've thought about something similar. And then I almost had to check myself because I was like, yo, it's almost offensive to think that black people don't like that type of shopping experience 
we absolutely enjoy those type of shopping experience with how much spending power we have that we give away we love spending money and you know we will absolutely spend money on quality mm-hmm. but i think it's going to take a fundamental shift in the mindset of our business owners to understand that we can provide that now mind you there's some there's some implications you know with um with manufacturing and distribution that we have to that we have to hurdle you know and and how we're able to you know use margins in our business to use some of that capital to invest in branding but regardless of whatever your margins are whatever your income understanding the importance of it is the first thing that i would want people to do is understanding that it's not just a throwaway it's not just new colors but there's actual science behind how changing your brand will make people look at your company more uh, and, and once they look at your company in a better light they're able to, to associate higher prices because it's all just perceived value all at the end of the day marketing is perception so if these companies can figure out and, and work with experts who know how to do that to make their brand perceivably more quality they can justify higher prices which can then in turn create higher margins and so that's where somebody like you comes in right right and that's why to be honest with you that's why i started the company like, i i i love what i do and i have a i work for a fantastic company and i i have a tremendous uh path laid out in front of me but i recognize the need in my community and like i said a lot of these businesses that i see are owned by either older people who have been doing it for a while who haven't adjusted or older people who are on their way out who have given the businesses to their families who don't understand every component of the business Mm -hmm. and so the reason i created expansion agency is because I recognize that need. I said, you know what, I need to do something. As much as I talk about giving back to the community, one way I can give back is by creating a business platform that will help these businesses survive throughout the time. And the, the easiest way for them to survive right now is figuring out how can they take their business digital. Like, yes, you have customers that'll come in because they love Joe and Louise and they've been going there for 13 years. But as, as Paul and, and Jill move into Inglewood, how are they going to know about your business and feel comfortable patronizing your business and then become a recurring customer? That happens through through very hyper-targeted, specific marketing and strategy. I'm glad that you kind of touched on that. One thing that I'm seeing a lot of lately is a lot of people that went to school for either finance or business or law, they're seeing that we go and we give our, our, our talents to these ultra-high net worth people, these people who oftentimes don't look like us, but we're kind of doing our own culture a disservice by not giving those same talents to our own people. And one thing that I really I, I touched on is in Irvine, what you'll see is uh, like you'll have the yard house corporate building or you have like the Taco Bell corporate building. And those people that work in those buildings, those are MBAs, those are people with solid degrees. And there's no reason why African-American business owners shouldn't have people with a similar credentials helping actually run their business like a business and not like a hobby or not like a hustle. It's just Man. as legit and established as as these other businesses. I mean, a lot of times the products are even better, and that's one thing I think that actually drives whether you are gonna stay in business or compete is the product. It's not that you're black owned. It's not that you're whatever, and people should support you just for the sake of supporting you. You have to have a quality product. You have to have a quality presentation to the community, and that's what allows you to compete on a larger level. So, I mean, before we get into that too much, I wanna go to your second point. Um, You said, create community events and free samples slash services. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that just comes from um, the, the understanding that customers want value. And 
as a business, you're in the business of providing value or providing a a solution to a problem. And if you're able to give people the insight to see that you have the solution for their problem, then they're more inclined to actually purchase it. And so it's almost like, have you, I know you heard of Gary Vaynerchuk. He wrote a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook. Mm-hmm. And in that, the very, the very fundamental philosophy is that you jab, jab, jab by giving value. Then you right hook by asking them to purchase. But you've already given them a proof of concept through the value that you've given them. And so when I say create community events with free samples and services, that's just for when you have these, these neighborhoods and you have new people coming into the neighborhood, invite them. You know, appear inviting because there's already, and if you just drive around, there's already speculation about uh, and, and tension around neighborhoods changing. Show that you're embracing the change and that you're welcoming the change. Show people why you're a staple in the community by giving value to them. Then they're more inclined to patronize you because you've already given them something. It's, it's the principle of reciprocity. It's actually psychological that when you give someone something, they're more inclined to feel like they owe you something. So they'll give you something else in return. And there was a study of a guy that was in a waiting room, and he gave uh, the person he was in the waiting room with a Coca-Cola, right, a 50-cents Coca-Cola. Without asking, he just said, hey, I went to go grab a Coke. Here's a 50-cents Coca-Cola. Then 10 minutes later, he asked the person if they would buy some tickets from him for $5. And the results were astronomical for the people that he gave a a 50-cents Coca-Cola to that he asked to buy a $5 ticket versus the people that he didn't ask and just said, hey, can you give me $5? And so, again, almost in the same way that you look at spending money on marketing as an investment, providing free value is not money lost. All of that is providing value, which in turn will generate more sales for you. So I can kind of imagine that a lot of people are hearing this and they're saying, well, I mean, I'm barely making it as is. I'm barely making any money right now. Where are they going to find the money to kind of, execute on number two and that's actually so i didn't say give away free uh product all the time i also said staff services and the reason for that is because value isn't always in hard product so i mean if you give me a business like um like a business i've seen on twitter if someone's doing for example financial coaching right and they're saying i want to provide value for people if you create a blog a youtube an email listing you know, a, a website that they can come in, a conference call that you host that people can collect information from, that's value for people. And people are more inclined to ingest that that content, ingest everything you have for free. And then when you right hook them with an ask, they're more inclined to buy because you've already given them so much. So you in turn asking for something seemingly small compared to the value you provided for them, it's, a, it's an easier ask. And so being creative with whatever that value is is up to the business, and we certainly can help with that. But it doesn't always have to be giving away hard products, although that's always nice. Interesting. Uh, I mean, it's kind of you have to give it some thought. It's not something that just immediately jumps out to you as like, oh, I can can give away a a free bag of popcorn or something because you don't want to go broke. But there's a way. There's something out there that they could be doing that will provide value that's going to generate more sales, more revenue to them. Absolutely. For every there in every business, there's a way to provide value for free. And it's not always the first thing that you think of, which is why I always advocate for people to hire experts because the experts are the people who are able to look at your business in a way that you would never look at your business and say, hey, this is what you could be doing to provide value. And once you figure out how to provide value, 
then you leverage that value to to generate sales later. Nice. And so, I mean, the number three point was collecting emails. And is that something where can you kind of use the the emails as a way of tying into number two or? Yeah, and I think in a perfect world, you could follow these steps sequentially. So you could renovate your brand, start creating community events and giving away value and collecting emails in exchange for that. And I think it's funny because I've talked to this about emails with a lot of people and email is still going strong. There's still tons of business being done on email lists. And it, it seems almost a little bit archaic when you think about someone soliciting via email. But if you if you have an email uh, Rolodex of, of people that you can contact, whether customers that are prospects or customers that are past purchasers, that's an easier way to stay in contact with people. What's happening a lot of times, and I just know from businesses I patronize in the hood, nobody knows how to contact me. I've been in you know tons of businesses that are around my community, but none of them have collected any information from me. So it's completely dependent on me to remember to go back to their business versus me putting myself in front of them to draw them back. And that's a fundamental shift when you realize that, you know what, my customers, yeah, I have a fantastic product. Again, I loved going to get you know my brunch on Market Street in Inglewood, but that's up to me to remember. But if someone, if if my favorite, actually, I'll, I'll shout out the spot, it's called Rusty Spot Cafe. If Rusty Spot Cafe would email me and say, hey, Jerome, we hope you enjoyed your Sunday brunch. Make sure you come back next week for 10% off. Now I'm a repeat customer. And it's, I might not have been thinking about coming back. So whether that's an email or it's in text or some other form of, of communication, they absolutely need to be collecting customer information so that they can stay in contact with them. So in regard to email, I know that a lot of people, well, I mean, the first point I want to make is that other businesses are already doing this. And so if you're not competing, then you're losing. And right. If, if, you're not, if you're not using that data, trying to get more information from these people, then you're going to end up just falling by the wayside. But the next thing is that um, I forgot my point, but we're going to keep going on. What okay. was I going to say? I forgot what I was going to say. Um, oh, you know, what I found is a, a lot, and I'm not sure if you've seen this, you deal with it more than I do, but sometimes African-American businesses, they, if they have a good brand, a strong brand, they feel like they don't need to market. They think right. that marketing isn't necessary because they already have good clients. So, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think that's that they should just rest on that? Do you think there's more money to be made? What's your, what, how do you feel? Honest to God, I think that's one of the most ignorant, arrogant statements I've ever heard. Because to imply that you don't need marketing is to say that McDonald's, Apple, you know, every every person, every company that ran a, a spot on the Super Bowl, do those people not need marketing? Although they're already multi-billion-dollar companies, like so, every company needs marketing. Every company can collect new customers. Even if you're, even if you're, you know, saying, well, you know what, I have a great group of of loyal customers, those customers can move, those customers can die, those customers can have a bad experience and vow to never come back again. And all of those things are completely out of your control. So it behooves every business to create a full pipeline of acquiring new customers as new as old customers fall off and to allow themselves to expand their business. And so when you say marketing, I mean, a lot of people, they just rely on word of mouth. Right. And I mean, that can only take your business so far. What is right. it that your business does that kind of steps over the word of mouth? I mean, what even if you want to just talk about word of mouth, like we can go there. Um, I mean, what's your yeah. opinion? I mean, word of mouth is still as strong as ever, but I think word of mouth now is not just literally 
words that customers are speaking. It's every social media platform. So it breaks my heart when I look at businesses, and I do this actively now as, I, as I'm looking at businesses that I want to work with. I'll look at what they currently have. And a lot of times I'll see them on, you know, on Facebook or on Twitter. It hasn't been updated in two years. People are, are commenting and saying, you know, hey, I love your business or, hey, I have a question about your business and nobody's replying to them. And all of that is a form of marketing. You know, just simply engaging with your customers is marketing. Uh, and so one of the, the biggest things I try to do with the company is getting them to understand what marketing is. Marketing touches every touch point of your business. And so it doesn't always mean that uh, if I say marketing, go create a flyer that you mail out. You know, having a strategic marketing plan means, you know what, how am I going to respond to people on Yelp? You know, what's my, what's my way of collecting emails when people come in? How can I better service people on Twitter? You know, it, whatever, whatever it is to enhance your business can be used as a form of marketing. And so if, if a business is saying that they solely rely on word of mouth, I would, the first thing I would do is pull up their Facebook, which is the biggest place you can have word of mouth with 1.8 billion people on it daily. And so if someone's on Facebook and not using Facebook advertising or properly using a Facebook business page or not figuring out how they can rank higher on Google so when someone searches for a business in their area, they pop up first. All of those are staples that big businesses do with their eyes closed that smaller businesses aren't doing, which is why they lose. And so how can these guys expand? Point number four. I mean, that's what you, you said you said uh, all marketing efforts, expand all marketing efforts. Talk to me about that. Uh, I think expansion requires a strategy. Um, for, you know, every business is unique and, and wherever they're at in their life cycle, some might need, you know, to start from ground zero, which means we might come in and say, hey, you know what, your website needs a complete overhaul. You know, I, I loaded it on my iPhone and it didn't load or it loaded up and I couldn't click on the buttons because it's not mobile optimized. So expansion in this sense means doing a complete audit and then figuring out what works, what doesn't work, and looking at what works and expanding upon that, doing that more. And I would say for probably you know, 90, 99% of businesses, they're underutilizing Facebook. Facebook is absolutely one of the best tools for marketing because of how hyper-targeted you can get in the people that you reach. And one of the misconceptions about marketing is that if people saw it, that was a good thing. Like, yeah, it's something to be said that you got a thousand eyes on your post or, you know, someone, a lot of people liked your post. But how many of those people are potential customers or how many of those people are people that have shown that they would buy your type of product in the past and are likely to buy yours tomorrow? So expansion in the sense that you figure out what works, what doesn't work, apply a strategy against it and then put even more effort into that. 10x all of your marketing efforts. 10x. 10x. 10x forever, man. 10x forever, you know, that's, <laughs> when you think about, when you think about, like, if, if you can 10x your, your marketing efforts, just thinking about how much more you could be doing, you know, and how much, if, if every business just took the time to look at what they're doing from a customer's perspective, and what happens a lot of times with a lot of entrepreneurs is they're the people who were good at creating their product. They were saying, you know what, I'm a great baker, so I'm going to make a cupcake factor. And they, open, they find a storefront and they find a way that they can bake cupcakes and they make the best cupcakes in the neighborhood. And they're trying to figure out like, man, you know, I'm doing okay, but how come I'm not doing the best? It's because nobody knows that you make freaking cupcakes because you're not a marketer 
or you're not a salesperson. And so without that dedicated attention, it's impossible to connect your efforts because you don't know how. And so my hope is that in order for small businesses and especially you know black businesses, that's where my heart is, that they'll take the time to appreciate the art and the science of marketing and allow the people who have the dedicated time and the dedicated resources and the proven expertise to apply that their attention to their brands and help them expand. And so the last point, point number five, is share your brand story. So you told me about a, a business in, you said it was in Watts that you're working with. Mm-hmm. How many, I mean, so tell me about that. Are you, are you in there all the time? Are you able to see what kind of customers they have? You know, I, it's, the, like I said, the, the majority of the customers that come in, they live across the street in the projects. Um, but one thing, I mean, about this company is that it's been family owned for multi-generations. Mm. And one of the things that I think that they're really humble and quiet about is how great what they have done is. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, of course, they own the business they operate out of, but they own the property behind it. They own a store across the street and they actually own the property that is behind the restaurant as well. And I think that just what the father did, what he accomplished, he's kind of a legend in that community. Everybody talks about the guy with the Rolls Royce who had it parked in front of his house. This guy had a Rolls Royce in the 1960s, when people were getting sprayed with water hoses, he had a Rolls Royce and owned land. Wow. So I think that it's, it's something to be said. Like, people need to hear it. People need to see it. But, um, I mean, like I said, the, the clients, the people in the community are like family. And even if they don't spend the most money there, I think they still keep the business afloat. I think they still kind of... Um, they allow the, the community to exist and, I mean, kind of exist through them, really. Right. And so everything you told me is an incredible story. I was listening to you like, man, this, this store has some legacy. It has historical relevance. It has, you know, a, a very um, compassionate owner and a family associated with it. That's a brand story. But how many times do we go into a place and have no clue mm. the where this business has come from, what it's been through, why it provides what it provides. Why did this person open up the business in the first place? That's the brand story. And sometimes we do see it on, you know, they might have a placard on the wall with you know, maybe an old picture, but promote the hell out of that brand story. That's engaging. People want to spend money at those type of businesses. Everyone loves a good story. So in advertising, that's what we spent most of the time talking about is like, how can we create a story around the product and allow the story of the product to tell the story of the brand? So the last point I put in there was figuring out a way through all of your touch points to tell that story. How can people know when they shop at your store, they're not just buying this product, they're buying the story that comes along with it. Because that's what that's what makes people engage. Apple tells beautiful stories. You know, when when people buy an iPhone, they're they're buying the Steve Jobs story and they're buying the Johnny Ive story and they're buying all of these all of these feelings and emotion that goes along with the product. Every business has the opportunity to evoke the same emotion and to dedicate the time and the resources to do it. Nice. I mean, I love what you're doing, man. I think that you, um, if I didn't know what you were doing and if you weren't doing it to help African-American people, I would try to convince you to help African-American people. (laughs) (laughs) That's my passion, man. I think that African-American business is everything. And I mean, I'm a little bit biased just because that's my background, but, 
Um, I mean, even in what I've seen in the business that I work with and for is that like this man did something years ago that generations are able to kind of sustain themselves on. And if we can create something that has the ability to kind of be expanded, be run way more and compete, then nobody has to worry or want for anything. And I think that it's like we see it happening. We've already seen it happen in Brooklyn. And so we have to gear up. And we don't gear up by protesting. We don't gear up by complaining or trying to get people to be nice to us. You gear up by being great. And so I think that's something that you're giving people the ability to do. You do it for huge companies already. I think people really have to take advantage of the resource that you are, man. Man, I appreciate that. I look at it like a, an ethical obligation um, you know, for our, for our community. We can't just talk the talk and then not, like you said earlier, it's a, the perfect example. We get trained and we have the opportunity to go to school and experience so much tangible um uh, so much tangible experience working for so many other people it would be unethical not to bring that back to our community and so it's not just you know i I want to you know check off a box and say i did something good but i really see if we can build up these small black businesses that can invoke so much change we can create more jobs we can expand our footprint we can start communicating more about ownership if you start your business and that business sustains for 15 years, now you have the opportunity for your nephew, your cousin, your daughter to come into the business and create systems that generate wealth for the black family as a whole. And once we create you know, that wealth, we can pull it within our community to build up our community and stop asking for things. Mm-hmm. So even in this smallest, you know, the smallest change that I can do, if I can just talk to a business and get them to understand how you know, using Facebook and using Google search engines will help their business be more sustainable in 2017 to me i feel like i've contributed to the greater good of building up the black america nice i mean like i always say i had a conversation with somebody about finance today and i think that paying for professionalism pays for itself mm-hmm. and so working with somebody like you they're going to see that bump so it's not necessarily that they're actually paying for something they're benefiting from something there's a net return there um, i want to encourage anybody that's listening to please reach out to jerome um, he'll tell you where he can find you in a few in a few seconds, but there's true value in having somebody that has your vested interest helping you expand. It's one thing to have somebody that has the knowledge. It's another some another thing to have somebody that has the knowledge and knows where you come from. They can relate. Like I said, somebody else is like, he his grandma looks like your grandma. His cousins look like your cousins, and so he's he has a vested interest in seeing you be great. And I mean, just just work with this guy. So where can they find you, man? Uh, yeah, thanks for the plug, man. They can find me at expansionagency.com, or if you want to send an email, you can email me at Jerome, J-E-R-O-M-E, at expansionagency.com. And it's for it's for all businesses. You know, whether you're just now starting out or you're kind of hit a plateau, we can work with, with any size business. We can figure out a way to provide value for you to help you expand to get to the point where you've created systems, you you have a high-level strategy, you have hyper-targeted campaigns, and you have dedicated resources to making sure that you're generating as much revenue as possible. Thank you. And so for all listeners there, if you have not yet joined the Todd Capital Investment Club, you can email us at info at We're doing some great things over there. We have about 70 members. We're on a 10x quest right now to get to 500 members. I know we're going to get to 100. That's not even a question in my mind. We're just trying to push through to the real goals, 500 members. Um, we're going to do some great things this year. We also have Todd Acquisitions going on. If you're interested in joining Todd Acquisitions, you can send the same email to info at capitaltod.com. If you're interested in joining our investment university, that email is university at capitaltod.com. 
This is Charles Oglesby, also known as Top Millionaire, with another episode of the Top Capital Millionaire Podcast, signing off.